This is episode one of Building the Future podcast. My name is Dotun Oluwaporoku and I'll be your host. In the last few years, there has been significant economic growth in Africa. And a lot of this can be linked to unprecedented access to technology in the continent. Africa has more mobile phone users than America or Europe. I'm interested in how innovation and technology will shape the way Africans will live, work and do business in the future. I want to explore the positive impact that we have in crafting a better African narrative, the one in which Africans become the protagonists of their own story. In this podcast series, I'll be chatting with few people that I believe are shaping the new African narrative through what they do. They will include entrepreneurs, investors, innovators, actors, policy wonks, activists, thinkers, and everyone in between. I'm not a journalist, so I won't pretend to be one. This podcast will be very conversational. It's basically a chat between me and the guest. We'll laugh, debate, and tell stories. More importantly, we'll try to figure out how the African future is being built now. You're going to learn a lot from it. But ultimately, I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I do. The next African story will be written by Africans. Meet the people using technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship to craft this new narrative. This is Building the Future Podcast with your host, Dalton. Coming up today on Building the Future. So we went and experimented and the idea was basically, can we find people, teach them a practical skill that can make money and then use the money that they make to pay for education. Wow. So, so that, was, was, the, that was the original That was the hypothesis. Yeah. And we're, we're, that's very something, funny. Something practical. It doesn't very have to practical. be My guest today is Inyolua Boyeji. Inyo is a serial entrepreneur at a very young age and was recently listed in Forbes 30 under 30 influencers in Africa. He was a co-founder at Andela, a talent accelerator startup which raised $24 million from investors such as Mark Zuckerberg's foundation. He later left to start Flutterwave, a payment processing company which is growing really fast and had raised money from several other investors, including a white combinator in the Silicon Valley. Inyo was the first person I reached out to, to interview for my podcast, and he said yes immediately. So Inyo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. First of all, I just... just I've done this bit of introduction about you, but I really want to ask you a, a simple question. Why do you keep building company? Because I know Andela wasn't your first. It wasn't. It was a bunch. Um, I, so first of all, I, I really fell into the whole technology space by accident. Um, it wasn't completely intentional. It wasn't like a long-term plan. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a taxi driver. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to be a pastor and then I wanted to be a professor. Why, <laughs> so, why, why taxi driver? See, okay, so what? my logic at the time was taxi drivers were the only people I saw getting their money, right? Everybody else, um, like, presumably got paid at the end of the month, but I never saw the money. But I knew that <laughs> if you got into a taxi, right, and you, you would hand the person cash before you got out of the cab. So as far as I was concerned... Those are the only people making money. So, so you're driven by the, the yeah. cash flows. So. Very, very driven by the cash flows. I've always been driven by the cash flows. Not entirely. I think I've uh, less cash flow these days. But, uh, but, but, but you know, then I was, you know, I was like, look, these guys get money, and money can buy you kuli kuli, and and it can buy you garden egg. So, 
And that's all there was to life, right? If you can buy Kuli Kuli and Garden Egg, life is okay. So, so were you one of those uh, kids that got um, financial, a bit of financial intelligence from when you were younger? You see, make the way the way to have independence is for you to make money. Absolutely. Did, did you see that immediately? Oh like, no, I, I was always that kid because um, I remember one day vividly. You know, you know, a lot of parents. You know, when your aunt comes or your uncle comes, they give you money. And you give it to your mom, and you never know what happened to that money. And I was the kid who rebelled against that system. I was like, "Where? It's my money. It's my money. It's my money, right?" And so I remember one day vividly, they would give me, they gave me the money, and they said, "Don't come back to the house. You have your money now. Just go, (laughs) go. You have your money." And they locked me out of the house. I was like, "Well, whatever. I have my money." money." And it was like. Maybe 20 naira or something at the time. <laughs> and so I went, you know, I was playing around the neighborhood. I bought Kuli Kuli. I bought Garden Egg. Those were my things, man. So, you know, I bought a bunch of them and I would eat them and I would just play around. And I didn't care. And then, you know, I started getting really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, man, I can't go back there. I already told them I didn't care about them. <laughs> so I like Kuli Kuli and my Garden Egg. <laughs> And so I would, uh, and then and then ultimately, you know, I got really, really hungry. So I came back home. I thought they wouldn't open the gate for me. They did. I felt like a prodigal son, you know. <laughs> so, but that was my childhood. I was very, and uh, when I was in secondary school, actually, my nickname was Don Ship. And I don't know, my principal shouldn't hear this, but I, I used to smuggle a lot of food. In. <laughs> I went to a boarding to school. Yeah, to sell. Yeah, I was probably one of the biggest traders. Sold NASCO, sold everything, sold conflicts, sold, dude. I was that kid. So I was, I've always been that kid. <laughs> that sees uh, the, the serious correlation between money and freedom. Yeah, I mean, for me, it wasn't really... F- f- well, maybe independence is a better word to use than freedom. Like, the way okay, I saw it, yeah. it was more like, okay, look, if you have your own money, you know, mom can talk, but at least you're not going to go back then for money, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so, and you, know, you can just, do a few things. That and you can do you a few live, things. Yeah, and I've always lived that way. You know, I always find a way to make my own money separate from. You know, so, so when you were in Waterloo, and, that that was oh, the I same did that too. Yeah, well. yeah, when I when I went to prep school, I used to, I used to do a lot of essay corrections and tutoring for money. I worked when I was in Waterloo. I worked. I've always been working. I've been working. I've been working all my life. Like from when I was fourteen, I was working. Right. I had my own business when I was in Waterloo from third year. Sold the business fourth year after I graduated. and started. So I've always, for me, it's always like, I like independence more than anything. I just like to be my own guy. Um, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not a very good uh, rule follower. So I think money is just an important way of maintaining my independence. I think that's what it is. Uh, I've once read the best entrepreneurs are the ones that don't follow the rules and the ones that uh, everybody's going this way and then you go the other way. And it seems like it's trick in people to be able to do that, because if you don't do that, then new things don't get formed and new things don't you know? get built. So, so tell me about Fora, which yes. was the company that Fora. moved into into Andela. Yeah, I mean Fora. So Fora was was the company I founded. You know, after I Booknetter was my very first company. I sold that, um, you know, in 2013 and then moved back home to do Fora. And uh, Fora was a company I set up, you know, the idea was, you know, University of Lagos had a lot of MBA students, a lot of them were long distance, 
uh, had to show up, you know, on weekends to do their courses, nights to do their courses. Could we give them an online platform that could reduce the commute? And um, and uh, that was how it started. And, you know, uh, we are working very closely with the university at the time. Didn't quite work out because regulation stepped in. So NUC was like, nah. So the so university loved the idea? University liked it because they, they were going to get a lot of the revenue. So okay. the idea was, look, in exchange for giving your degree to these people who complete the course on this platform, you're going to get revenue. Okay. Right. A so share the university of the sees the value in that. Yeah, exactly. And the professionals that want to do the MBA see the value. Absolutely see the value. So where is the problem? Well, the regulator. The regulator just was is still, you know, very, very tricky to handle, very achaic sometimes, and just didn't believe in online education, didn't, didn't want to enable access. And it's, This speaks to something that I spoke to you about previously, yeah. that a lot of people will see so many problems that need to be solved in Nigeria, Absolutely. especially using technology, and so many um, entrepreneurial opportunities, mm -hmm. and you wonder why is nobody doing it? And it looks like if you go to the back end, there are lots of it, um, regulatory barriers. A lot of, a lot of. I mean, does things. Let's right. even look at drones, for example, right? Like, um, if you look at drones as, there's so many things we could be doing with drones. Drone delivery, like not the gimmicks, right? Like the actual drone delivery. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like there's so much. But if you want to, if you want to get a drone in this country, you got to buy a ten thousand naira license with it, right? Wow. Um, or even more. Who knows, right? That's ridiculous. So but in Nigeria, you cannot... You can't just fly a drone. You can't. Drone. If you're doing it, you're doing it illegally. You have to get a license, and it has to be approved by the NSA. So it just gives you a sense of that, you know? And, and look, I'm not going to be that guy who says there's no reason for regulation. There is, but oftentimes, you see, the travel challenges, there's a challenge that needs to be solved. There's probably a technology way to do it, but because, you know... The law is a hammer and to and everything is a nail. They throw the law at it. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it makes enforcement selective because you obviously can enforce the regulation all the time. And it also so amplifies innovation. It does. If it does. I have to go through regulatory barrier, that is that in itself creates um a mental barrier for me to think beyond that. And it does. to to keep in deep dive into the, into the innovation Absolutely. that needs to exist. Yeah. So regulatory is a big one. Big, big, big barrier. So how did you then um, move from Fora into Andela? Yeah, I mean, so we, we, I mean, Fora, you know, we pivoted and we started to do international MBA courses because we realized, look, the Nigerian universities are never going to be able to make their own university courses if the NUC continues this stance. And there are lots of international um, universities like University of Liverpool who've already done it. Instead of like cracking our heads trying to help the regulator figure out how to do it, we can just go sell those guys' courses and we'll probably make a twenty percent margin. But it's better than like shutting down the business and mm -hmm. throwing away investors' money. Um, and so we went and did that, and we built we got some revenue doing that. Um, but ultimately, you know, like, like how much revenue are we talking about here? Yeah, I can't I can't disclose. But it was it was in a lot. It was like tens of thousands of dollars at some point, right? uh, a month or or throughout. I mean, we we did this for like maybe three four months. Right? Okay. So, um, so it was growing. I think mm -hmm. we could have made more, but mm -hmm. you know, it was it's very, very, very high touch, right? Mm -hmm. Getting someone ready to apply to an online university course, getting them through, get making sure they've paid their fees, making sure they continue to pay their fees because it was a loan. 
So there's a bunch of weird, like tricky parts to it. And I, well, I was thinking about scaling the business all the same, but um, I talked to Jeremy. Jeremy was one of our advisors. Talked to him about it in a fresh and co. And then we started just talking about other ideas, you know, just like, you know, what would happen to education and how we need to align education more closely with talent outcomes. And it was a great conversation. And uh, what came out of it was, you know, for us to go experiment with this thing called Andela. Um, it wasn't called Andela at the time, it was called Fora. But uh, so we went and experimented and the idea was basically, can we find people, teach them a practical skill that can make money and then use the money that they make to pay for their education. Wow, so, so that was that the, was the original. That was hypothesis. Yeah, and we're we're it's very something, funny. Something practical. It doesn't very have to practical. Be something practical that can make money, yes. and then use the money they're making to fund the education. Exactly. So actually, our first, our first, our first idea was even uh, Salesforce. <laughs> we're like, well, I can find a Salesforce engineer in New York for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and we're like, what? We can teach someone how to use Salesforce. So mm-hmm. we went and wanted to do Salesforce. That was our first idea, actually. It was just wow. Salesforce. Salesforce. I, I think I like the simplicity of the of the, of the hypothesis, which is yeah. Can we find somebody? Can we can we teach people practical practical skill set yeah. and use the money that they make to fund their education? Simple. Which is we invest in them initially, yeah, and then then they make money. To, it seems you can apply to a lot of things. It, it basically works. You for can anything. apply to to business development. You can, you can trust apply me, data to analysis. Data, you can apply to look marketing. Wall Street. Wall Street was built on applying this to financial modeling. Oh. The whole of Wall Street, like so, it's not. This is not new, you know. This is not new, right? Or even like you know, sharecroppers, like whatever, you know. Like a lot of the world is built on just like maximizing human labor. Or take a human being, yeah, add some value to them, teach yeah. them to do a couple of things, have them create some output, yeah, and then cycle back, right? Right. Very simple model, and and, and, and they also have some. Um, they they will also get value from that. They get value from that. So that's that's the idea. But mm-hmm. you know, my point is, it's just a basic fundamental building block of civilization, right? Um, and so I don't think we're really doing anything that was new, but we're just applying it in a new way. And one of the mental barriers we had to break out of was, it'll take four years for you to learn how to code. <laughs> and, Why four years? Well, because that was how long it took for you to go to university. Okay, so he was just basically applying. How long it takes for you to go to university is the same amount of years. That doesn't sound right. No, no. What I mean is we had to break out of that mental barrier where okay. we were saying, oh, this wouldn't be possible to do because it would take you four years for you to learn how to code. No, learning how to code can take you six months or yes. four months, mm-hmm. you know. Or or if you want to learn how to do Salesforce, you, need how to, you don't have to go to school for, for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Or twenty five years for you to learn how to do Salesforce. Okay, like, I get what you mean. Yeah. Because the, the reason why I said that doesn't yeah. was that because I know Andela fellow go through your program for four years. Absolutely, absolutely. Why the four years? I think for us it was to be quite frank. Yes, part of it was university education wanted to mirror that comf- comfort that people already had. But I think part of it was also like what's a defined amount of time for you to learn enough that you can go off on your own and not do damage, right? Like there's enough that you can learn in year one or within six months that you can add value, but is that enough for you? And would you want to be in an environment where you can continue to learn more and more? So I don't know. I, I, I know we, you know, internally we debated four years a lot. Like where, like, is it four years? Is it two years? Is it one year? Is it 
is it zero? Yeah, who knows, right? But, but, it could, but the good thing is that people start getting value from the beginning. Exactly. Straight up. Okay. Straight up. You get your value first. We pay you first, right? So, yeah, you get that out of the way and people, people get cranking. So do you see that model being done and being applied by other people in different different um, sector? I'm different surprised. I'm surprised a lot of people aren't doing it. Um, I think some folks are trying some stuff in data. And I think, frankly, data is huge for this country. Right? Yeah. Like I think data, data science is probably a bigger field than computer science, if you ask <laughs> me. Like if I was going to do an Andela again, I'll probably do one for data science. Where you teach people how to, how to analyze how data. To, how to analyze data. Prepare and them to, during the process. Yeah, and then, absolutely. Because I know I can always find jobs for them. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you know. So I think there's a lot of it. Social media, mm-hmm. um, even even all the way to personal Just assistance to mark, yeah. for health. Yes, yes. You know, like there's You're so right. much. Yeah. yeah, like if if we're we're a country where realistically all we have is people. Yes. <laughs> right. Like we don't have anything. Like the whole continent is just people. And mm-hmm. uh, when you put it in the context of the fact that you know by 2050 more than half of the world's working population is going to be in Africa, you got to ask the question: What the hell are they going to be doing, <laughs> right? And and there's no education system. You know, there are 10 million kids out of school. We're tripling the population almost every year, and there's no, there's literally no infrastructure possible to build that can contain a 25 year schooling cycle. Mm-hmm. It's just we don't have it. It doesn't <laughs> exist. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Um, the only your only choice is quite literally to. To, to build a new kind of education system yeah. very focused on getting people to work as quickly as possible. So I heard from one of your friends, and, um, Obina, yeah. Who, yeah. who went to MIT, and yeah. you guys used to roll together when you were in Waterloo, right? Yeah, yeah. And he said you were very bullish on education. I am still very bullish on education. So what prompted that for you? I think for me it was just... Um, so I had the privilege of going to a school like Waterloo. And I, I don't think I would think the way I think about education if I didn't go to that school because uh, Waterloo was a school that had no pretenses about the fact that education was not for certificates but for actually getting shit done. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, so they would do this cooperative education program. And you could see all around the university what an education could do, <laughs> right? The right kind of education because you had tons of kids working at RIM, BlackBerry. You had tons of kids working at Open Text. You had tons of kids working at Myovision. You could see, like, they, they go to class. They learn some, some stuff. They go out. They're smarter. They work. And then they come back and they work. And then, so, and I was part of that program. So I think that was where I really got to respect education for what it was, which was how do I impart in you some knowledge mm-hmm. that can help you to create value? And I still think that's a building block of most of society, right? Like, I, I just think, if you're, and, and to be quite frank, it's Nigeria, I'm bullish on Nigeria, but from an intellectual capacity point of view or entrepreneurial capacity point of view, it is the main, the main reason why we remain limited is because we just don't take education seriously. Because ultimately, it is the core driver of value creation. That's true. It That's is true. like we can talk all we want about funding mm-hmm. and we can talk all we want about financing yeah. and everything, but like, end of the day, if there are no people who can get the job done, then they ain't not getting done. Right? I mean, like, in, it's true happen. in investment. Uh, one of the first things I learned when I was a uh, VC was 
you invest in people, the market, and the product. Yeah. But in that order, basically. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the people, people first, and market. the person behind it. Exactly. How big is the market? Yeah. And then the product comes second. Exactly. So we can have the biggest market in Africa, but we're gonna keep buying Chinese technology or Indian developers or you know until we get education in order and enough people have it that they can reach their potential. It's true. So how did you move from education? Bully, being bullish about to money. To, 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 <laughs> because it looks like a big pivot for you. Uh, your, it your like thesis, it. it seems like it. See, I, you know, I, um, there's a few things. I think as you grow older, you start to think about your legacy in a very different ways, right? And ultimately, I think I came to a point in my life where I was asking a few questions. And then the first thing was, you know, one, um, I mean, especially after building Mandela, it's a very, it's a, it's a real existential crisis. You know, you turn twenty five, and you're like, "What the hell have I done?" <laughs> um, and uh, and I asked myself three questions. And the first question was, you know, what matters most to me, right? And um, you know, quite frankly, the future of this continent, you know, that's what matters most to me. And I don't care that much about what happens in the U.S. You know, they can elect fifty Trumps for all I care. And it's like you, your business, but like. I care a lot about what happens on this continent. <laughs> and that's number one. Number two question I was asking myself was, what am I going to build that last? And like, Andela's there. You know, it's great. You know, one. <laughs> but we need like 25 more things, right? Like, you know, 50, I don't know, um, 100 and like hundreds of those in every single African country. <laughs> um, so that was the second question. And the third question is, you know, what am I going to make possible if I, you know, with what I build, right? And I think for me, I came, that whole process of thinking and questioning brought me to a roadmap of my life. <laughs> and it's weird to talk in those terms, but that's actually, I have a, a, a big chart in my, in my phone, in my room, that is build the future. But then I guess what I don't talk about much is how are you going to do it? And everyone's like, oh, it's a you know, slogan, build the future. Build the future. It's like, I actually have a plan, I have a roadmap. It's like... You gotta do this and then get it done and then do this and then get it done and then do this and then figure out how that this turns into this and then this. And um and, and really it's like it's it's a couple of things, right? The first thing is, you know, how do we build talent? Because like I said, people are value creation drivers, right? Like at the end of the day, if you don't have people that are educated, that you're just wasting your time. You're That's not true. gonna be able to build any kind of value. So just don't waste your time. But then layered on top of people, you need to have platforms. Okay. Right? Because people can't just create value on their own. <laughs> right? You gotta have chaos, right? Where they can, you gotta have a platform where, where they can create value can buy the be, value. Well, where the value that they create can be, can transacted. be ma- mass can can spread to the okay. masses, right? Because ultimately, right, here the thing is. So, okay, fine, you know, you created this wonderful AI technology. If one person uses it, it's not real. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you need to create, like, platforms where, and without those platforms where, you know, you can connect to Facebook bot and reach 17 million Nigerians at once, you know, it's not real. It's just Mm -hmm. something you created, and it's cool, but I don't care. (laughs) Because your brilliance in building that AI app doesn't connect with millions of people. Facebook is Facebook because there's more than one country. Like the, the, the seventh or was it, what is it now? The seventh most populous country in the world. That's true. 
And then on top of platforms, you have policy. And it's really interesting to see a product like Facebook really start to shape policy with the last election in the U.S. And you're going to build things that go there if you build the platform right, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then ultimately, like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to get power, right? That's what we're all after, right? At the end of the day. Or influence. And, and, yeah, and I, get influence. Influ- I guess you call it influence <laughs> or power. But we're, we're as, a, as a generation of Africans, we're looking at our demographics and saying, more than half of the world, right, is going to be here. <laughs> Interesting. And what does that mean for how we take over the world? And that sounds really scary, but it's true. It's going to happen, right? But only if we build the way I'm talking about, people, right? Platform. People, platforms, policy, policy, power, right? Interesting. And that's when, you know, when you're the president of Nigeria, which is the most populous black nation on earth, then you have real leverage, right? And you can be like, well, I don't think, you know, and then we get scared when we elected Donald Trump. Like right now, no one cares. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so you're in the next level of this. Yeah, time. so right now, I'm all about But do you platforms. think people so, has been, do you think the work that needs to be done with about people? People is done. People, no, absolutely, is absolutely done. not. And you have to think about the platform I'm building in financial services as part of that. Because the biggest problem we have with the people market is that value doesn't come to those who create it right now, right? Like there isn't still that fluid flow of value. What do I mean? I mean that if I built software or I made music today, the easiest way for me to make money from my music is to give it to MTM for cheap. Yes. And then MTM makes all the money for my music because mm-hmm. they built a platform which they control yes. for collecting my sweat yes. and my money. And I love MTM. Well, they build a They're platform. Client, but they build a platform. I don't have the access. And they to have the people. access, right? But there isn't any platform for creative, for creative people, for techies, for them to become billionaires. Because if I'm Jason and Jocko and I created this platform for movies, it's still paying for me to get paid. So I think for, for me, it's more building a financial services layer. It's about how do we solve the problem of young innovators building great products, but unable to get paid for it because we don't have a payment system But, but, but one can argue that, that 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 particular problem has been solved by InterSwitch, uh, E-Transact, Remita, so why do you see so, that? So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. That you want to it's interesting, but you see, the, the challenge is, you know, you look at the focus of those guys and it, you have to understand they're very focused on revenue. They're not focused on the transfer of value. They're not. We build platforms for a developer who doesn't have much experience to be able to build new payment products and make some money. Because, like, look, the revenue path for a payments company is Pretty straightforward. <laughs> it's you get paid, I get paid. <laughs> well, it's the same that Paystack is doing. It's making it super simple for people to be able to. Paystack is one example of a developer who got started building off of our platform, right? Right. So we're helping him build his company, right? Right. So imagine a million more Paystacks in different areas of the economy working on different things. So, right? so explain to me um, Flutterwave. It's, so if you want to understand what Flutterwave does, you got to really go back to the U.S. and really understand how their stack works, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at the U.S. stack, you have 
Um, you have banks, right? Banks. <laughs> and then layered on top of banks, you have merchant processing companies, right? Mm-hmm. Like First Data, Vantiv, and FIS. These are companies you've never heard of, but these are the companies that process all the payment. And then on top of a First Data, who would probably collaborate with, say, Wells Fargo merchant processes to build something together, you would have merchant aggregators or payment facilitators like Stripe, mm-hmm. right? And then you... Don't integrate with First Data, but you integrate with Stripe. Yes. So what FlutterWave is, is really that First Data layer. Okay. It basically supports your ability to process as a, as it supports payment products to process payments. Okay. And it supports banks to process payments themselves. Does that mean a merchant don't have to, they they cannot come? Nothing changes about your merchant experience with FlutterWave. No, no, what I mean is that, can sometimes on your, on your, on your side, it looks like merchant can engage or interface with you directly rather through Paystack. And yeah, well, CPA. it looks like that. In reality, it's expensive. <laughs> right. And it, it's not built for the merchant's type of skill. Um, and so what merchants often do is, um, you know, they, they, they integrate with payment facilitators so if like I want Amplify to use, Pay. Okay, if I want to use Flutterwave now, because I really want to be able to collect, because uh, uh, I think one of the key yeah. use cases for Flutterway yeah. that makes it so unique and, and attractive to someone like me is yeah. that um, I build a company that is pan-African. Yep. And you want to more be able to collect 40, payments. More than forty-five percent of people that you start and engage with start are outside Nigeria. Exactly. Even though we 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 operate a lot from Nigeria, yeah. But we sell product across Africa. Yeah. And we want to be able to. And most of the people that that want to pay outside Nigeria at the moment are paying in dollars. Yeah. And we want that to change. We want it to be similar to to Paystack where yeah. they can pay in their currency. Yeah. So that that kind of stuff attracts me to float away. Yeah. Or you're saying that how do I then interface with you? To, As a to, merchant. Do I have to then go through So so I'll tell you one thing. I, I think um for us that's that's an innovator. That's a problem that innovators are solving. So our preference is still to work very closely with innovators um, and, and allow them to push the solutions or what to do you work mean very. Innovators? I mean people like Paystack. Okay. Right. So not to be directly connected to, but to work with those guys because ultimately they care. They they are able to take a lot more care mm-hmm. with ensuring that you know. Your transactions are whole, chargebacks are dealt with, issues are resolved, and and that matters a lot to us, right? So you would find that there are very high barriers to entry with using us directly, and some of it is a high fee and all that. Um, you know, we we're we're I don't know if that's going to change in the future because look, we we think there's more that can be done, but you know, sometimes folks get distracted and want to tackle other problems like the ones we're tackling and. You know, so so um, the main the main uh, value uh, proposition for Flutterwave is that you are the uh, you are the provide you're the backbone for most of the payment yeah for the payment processing company yeah. rather than which is part of it but rather than we will enable you to collect payments across Africa across well the idea is borders. with our backbone <laughs> you, your payment company can collect payments across Africa your payment company can collect exactly ah so so if if that's Paystack is not with us, but if you wanted to use Amplify Pay, um, 
yeah, Amplified Pay can can accept, should be able to accept payments in Ghana and Kenya if they wanted to. If they wanted if to. If they wanted to. Okay. Now, the question is, are they going to scale with us there? I don't know, mm-hmm. right? But, but, but a typical payment processing company, X, yeah, yeah. on, on Flutterway, yes. can, can accept, can accept payments across... Every- yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So that means that if that, if and I sign up to that kind of um, payment processing company... Then you'll be fine. Okay, so that's the main value proposition. That is one of the main value propositions. Right. So the question now is how many payment processing companies are out there in Africa? Look, the idea is for them to be a million, right? I don't So you want to enable them to be yeah, to be I found. want it to be easy to set up a payment processing company. <laughs> it's a regulation thing then. We're going back to that regulation stuff about Well, so you don't all have like you can be a payment processing company on our infrastructure and our, on our license and on our you know what I mean like you can do it with us right. we can back you up oh, you know what it. I mean get it but the idea is we're not going to go out and do the merchant aggregation game because we just don't right. have the scale to do it we're a very small company uh, so that, that makes it actually super exciting that you, one of the key value proposition of Flutter with then is we make it easy for you to set up a payment processing Seriously. company yeah that is exciting, yeah. right? To be able to do hard, th- to be able to simplify things and make people to do hard exactly. things easily. Exactly, and and make it safe for the old traditional guys to be able to innovate as well, mm-hmm. right? Because ultimately, you know, a bank can just allow every you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry into their core, you know, but they trust us and they trust our people. Does it make it easy then for, so? I'm just looking at another use case here where let's say you have a you're a company and you collect payment a lot. Yes. And and you, you and you don't want to use a payment processing company. You can say, I I feel just, you can save money by building your own. And you just like, we're gonna be that. So yeah, just, I mean, we're gonna use Flutter Web to do that. Absolutely. So so that, does that mean your market your market is so huge then that and you I mean can if keep you expanding think that the market. A, if you think it's a good investment for you to pay a fixed fee every month to collect payments. And you should come talk to us because it means that you really have money to save. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But ultimately, the game is aggregation, right? And you know that if you aggregate 200 payments, you make enough profit to be able to pay something every month for access. Or to if I normally I process a lot of money every month and I don't want to pay 1% of yeah. that money, I would just less. pay fees. Yep. Yeah. Fixed fee to Flutterwave, and I get it. I process it myself. I process your payments. How did you ideate this? I can it's, understand that of Fora to Andela, and it's just like a natural flow. So I spent I spent a lot of time investing in companies in the space. Um, I spent a lot of time talking to companies in the space. I spent a lot of time studying. I spent I just spent a couple months in the U.S. studying the evolution of the U.S. payment space and understanding what mistakes were made and what mistakes were made. And most importantly, I spent a lot of time with industry players. So the guys who know the business and who understand what the limitations are, you know, we spend time with them. And you identify the problem. And we identify the problems. And we think through, you know, what is the future of the space? When you said we, who are the we? The team. We have a founding team, a lot of experts. Um, How many founding team have we got? Well, we our team, team is about 23 people, right? But I, when you say founding team, are they all founders or just... You see, I, I, so I, there's this glorification of the founder and, you know, and yeah, we, we're not, we don't work like that, you know, 
uh, I think for us, I, 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 I have to be the face, quite frankly, because I, I have the, the highest profile. But I do refer to all 23 of us as the founding team. As the founding team. Yeah. Um, and and I, I refer to them as co-founders. <laughs> That's interesting. And, uh, and, and you know, so, I mean... So in, in, when you are ideating this, yes. what, all these 23 people involved in that idea? Oh, no, no. There's different levels, right? There's, there's executives. Um, there's, there's folks. So who were you ideating this with? Um, so, I mean, we have a, a, a roster of folks. Um, so Greg um, works with us, and we, we've got a bunch of folks out in Boston. Got a bunch of folks out in San Francisco. Uh, we work with Moses. Sule, Before you hired those people, so you were working in Andela. So no, walk me wait, through. Well, and I, he said, I "Okay, working. I think payment needs to be solved. Yeah. That's the next thing I want to do. Yeah. I'm going to work on this." Yeah. And then what happens next? At the time I was at Andela, I was thinking, "Look, this is a problem to be solved." Um, there was a team already working on it, small team. When I thought the problem had to be solved, and so I. How does that happen? Is it like? Um, Uber ways, okay? I'm going to give you money to start working on this problem and I'm still working on that and I cannot... Or they were working on it and they told you, hey, this is what we're working on. Do you want to get involved? It was more of um, a mix of the former and the latter, which is... I, I No, no, because it's never a straight thing, right? Yeah. It's always a, okay, you know, here is, here is my support. <laughs> here's a bunch of things I can do for you and here's my mind, you know, my widow's mind. Okay. And I invest in a lot of companies that way. So I mean, they I did were, five they were the doing same way. stuff. They were doing stuff. And then you said, this is interesting. This, this is really interesting. It aligns with what I want to do. Aligns with what I want to think, yeah. And they said, oh, yeah, you can join us. Uh, oh, no, I, I basically said, look, um, um, there was that. But then there was also me also saying, look, we can take this much bigger. So I'm going to leave Andela and go do this full time. Okay, right? got it. So, so it, it took me making a commitment to join the team because a small team they were just working on a bunch of really cool stuff um not not much in actual production you know but they were they were building this thing together mm -hmm. and i was like okay cool you know let let me join mm -hmm. full time because i was you were about i was to, i was i, I was know, restless i, knew, I, knew I had a bunch were, of options yes yes so i knew that i know that time where you were restless yeah you? See, I think at the end of the day, what it was for me was I, I really wanted to build something that was pan-African, had a very broad use case, um, and something that would impact a lot of developers mm -hmm. and would make it easier for... You know, the thought in my mind, actually, it's a very simple one. I, you know, I wake up with a break a sweat, breaking a sweat. I had a nightmare, and it was a nightmare of me in the airport, and I was flying to San Francisco because I had a meeting and I saw a lot of Andela fellows at the airport. And I was like, oh, it's like, okay, what's going on? You know, yeah, it's like, oh, well, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm leaving the country. <laughs> and it's like, right, well, it makes sense, right? I mean, I've been working for, for I mean, I just, we just graduated last year and, we, you know, we were working for this company, so we're just going to take off and, Go work, and I was like, man, like I woke up breaking a sweat, and I was like, that's that's the absolute nightmare. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> and and, and not because value and all yeah, you create all this value and everything just moves right. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, the, the 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 fact is, there are bigger opportunities here, and they all knew that, and they all know they're being prepared for those opportunities. But if you don't solve any of the the stumbling blocks, if we don't take the time right now to solve the st stumbling blocks, and you know, or that are going to be in the way of these young people who are trying to build the future um, with the skills that they've learned, they were capable, can be funded. 
and it doesn't happen and we have no one to blame but ourselves, right? So I think for me, it was more a function of where can I make the most impact? And it was, well, if we can get these guys paid, right? Interesting. That's a good starting point. Interesting. Right? There's a lot of other problems in the ecosystem, but at the end of the day, if the, if, if, if the entire world sees the revenues, right, then then they would be more more uh, interested in investing. So making making it easy for them to get paid, not just in Nigeria, but across. Everywhere. Africa. They can build Pan-African businesses and get paid for the value yeah. that they create. Why were you restless in the first place? I understand you talk about this platform, but the timing of it and you could, and that could be massive. It is it could, massive. It could, morph, it could morph into that platform that you're talking about. It could, it could. And I thought about that actually for a brief bit. Why the restlessness in the first place? Were you tired? Were you bored? Or were you pushed? No, I wasn't pushed. Oh, I wasn't. Were you, I, I, were you, uh, there's always a sense of push. I, I think for me, it was more of understanding what I do well. And what I do well is storage. Um, and also understanding when your when your uh, your skill sets are can be an anathema to the company. So... Um, in the sense, like I, I am the guy who shakes things up. I don't, I don't have any, any, you know, I, you know me. <laughs> um, so I mean, there was this company and we built it, and it had to scale, and that meant doing a lot of very boring things <laughs> that I don't like doing. <laughs> so ultimately, I had two options, right? Figure out a way to do more interesting things within this company without making things. Without you know, making things worse, <laughs> quite frankly, or just go out and do what you want to do, right? Yeah. And I, I I thought about both options and ultimately decided you know, might as well. Yes, uh, yeah, because because ultimately I think that um, Andela has some of the best managers it can, um, and these people are well poised for the stage that the company is at. Mm-hmm. So why be there? I have my own ideas about how all these things should run, but ultimately the company has to pick a path. Yeah. And so once the company picks a path and says, look, we're not, we need to scale in this specific direction mm-hmm. and this is how we're going to do it, then your job is just to support. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then because you're an entrepreneur and you... And then because of an entrepreneur, you've always, seen, not gonna, you've yeah. always seen um, the importance of independence right yeah. from when you're young. Yeah. So and you, you say, how can I leverage your mind? Yeah. And my expertise and my experience. Exactly. How do I level leverage? of independence and, yeah, exactly. and, and impact. Exactly. We're getting, I'm just curious, we're getting to the end of this Absolutely. podcast, but I want to ask um, some of the questions that will be really, really good for some of our uh, listeners, which is, what is the biggest mistake? Oh, three three key mistakes that you've made so that you can talk about three big mistakes um i think the first one was at was at um fora and not really understanding the impact of regulation and working very closely with the the powers that be (laughs) yeah i think the second one you know funny enough i I think i should have spent some time in in a corporate environment you think so i think so you think there's a value in that you don't think that's going to mold you into something different? That you know, you know. I just think you know. Spend two years, you know, in some consulting company. Wouldn't have heard. Um, there's certain skills you learn. Um, you know how to play company politics, how to do pretty PowerPoints. 
The third theme. So you see that the, the trouble with this environment is that you know when you spend time here, you start to see yourself in a very different light. And there's a, there's the extreme of it, but there's a bunch of us who aren't there. Um, you know, who for us, you know, um, humility is very important because we've seen the depths of the depths, and we know, you know, one day you're the you're the, you're the in the hat, you know. The mm-hmm. next day, uh, the feather duster. It happens. Mm-hmm. Life, mm-hmm. you know, things go up, things go down. That's life. But um, in the midst of all of that, it's just important to understand that you bring something really important to the table and know what you're worth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest lesson I've, I've had to learn. Why did you go to iCombinator? So, I mean, that's a great question. And I'll tell you this, right? Like, you're building a payments, a global payments company for Africa, and the truth of the matter is, you need a lot of credibility. You but you can get you credibility, credibility in, in Africa, in Nigeria, from who? because that's what you want. From who? For, I don't. I'm not building a, a Nigerian company. But, but you can build. In, you can get, get in Africa. Why? 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 Why Combinator? Why do you need white Combinator to build a credibility for an African company? I think it ultimately depends on what you're trying to do. So if you're trying to attract the right kind of backing, um, the kind of people who've seen Stripe grow to nine billion dollars, kind of people who've seen PayPal grow to a billion dollars. But most banks, most bank people don't know all of this company. They, don't, they know PayPal, but they don't know Stripe. Look, I didn't in know Africa, they, we're building we're building those companies here. Right. So, so how would I give you leverage in Africa? No, no. You're looking for backers who've seen those success stories backers. before. Okay. Right? Investors. Investors, right? Okay. So, so that's what YC really is a, is a great platform for. It's a great platform for understanding what drives the levers in terms of raising money and giving you the ultimate leverage in doing that. But I also um, understand that it's, it's always... It's not that easy for African companies to raise money post YC compared to non-African companies. I think it depends on what you do. Um, I, I, and and you look, a bunch of our guys get bad advice. They get arrogant, um, and and you know they they dismiss the angels. I, I tell you, you know, we had a slow start, and uh, I post YC, and you know, I took every dollar I could get <laughs> for, from every I'm angel. You, I took everybody's money, and can I still invest? No, <laughs> we're not oversubscribed, but you know that kind of momentum gets you there. You know, but I've I've seen some founders go, oh, I want to price round and and I want to price this high, and you know, and they get all cocky because they think they've done something, and the market reminds them that you're still in Africa, so you know people are bullish, but they're not foolish. I think our founders have now learned the art of, you know, understanding. You so know, you were able to close post YC. Yeah. Uh, most of your money are from where? Africa or, or it's a mix. US. It's a mix. Oh, oh, I, majority I from US. I'd say yeah, majority from. So US. how much have you closed? I can't disclose. Why? Because it's competitive advantage. In the US or UK, announcing how much you raise is take competitive advantage. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it sends a, a it's signal. A, yeah, it's a disadvantage. You. It's an it's an advantage. Yeah, it's a disadvantage. Yeah, it's a disadvantage. Why? You don't necessarily want your competitors knowing how much more they need to raise to battle you, right? Like but, you just, but ultimately, everybody. But but you raised seven figures, right? Can we? Maybe, seven figures, yeah. maybe. <laughs> we raised for some good people. Seven I'll figures. tell you that much. I'll yeah, say we raised for some figures. good people. Okay. Yeah. Series A. No, we did. We did a seed round. So it's it a seed round. Small, seven yeah. figures. Yeah, That's a good it's a big seed. Round. It's a big seed. We're not the only ones who do seven figures for seed. Interesting. I think most of the other guys also did the same. Oh, that's, uh, other, other guys also did the same yeah. for seed round. 
No, parents is big. There are very few or none, or okay, maybe by one, payment companies in Nigeria, in Africa that have actually exited or been successful to the investors. So everybody's perpetually still raising Depends money. on how you calculate. What, what, how you, how, you, how calculate? do you see this play? How do you see this game how play? How are you calculating? Are you, where are you starting? Are you starting from 2000? Are you starting yeah, from yeah. 1990? Okay, let's start, from, let's start from 2000 with uh, InterSwitch. Right. Let's even start earlier and now with each transact when they IPO'd on the on the London Stock Exchange. Each transact IPO on the London exactly. Stock Interesting. When was that? Um, that was in probably nineteen ninety eight or so. But I, oh, I didn't but, check oh my yeah, but, but that was when everybody was IPOing everywhere. If you have uh, but, but, but they but they but they IPOed. <laughs> when you have because the, they're not transacting anything in Nigeria at that point, were they? Because they were. They was, were. Nobody was doing anything. No, online. they were. They, they, but, they, they were the first payment company actually. Each transact. Each of those. And they were value card and you no, know, they were you look, look don't value card, okay. Yeah, they were. They okay, were. so so okay, so let's let's leave e transact and, and, and yeah. into switch out yeah. Everybody else yeah. is still raising money. And investors are saying, I was having it, I was having I was with an investor today, we invested in lots of companies. Okay. And he said the jury's still out there. Oh all I, of absolutely. everyone. Absolutely. And everybody's just raising money. So how do you see this game play out? What is what what is the next phase for payments so, comes in for everybody for payments come yeah for payment come not for everybody now I know that's another discussion on it yeah. but for payment company <laughs> look you see well managed payments are extremely profitable business um, profitable well managed yeah well managed well managed I can tell you that high infra cost if you're the one doing infrastructure like we are but even then you still make good money right? so you think you can be profitable. Well, we are quickly. You are profitable now, of course. <laughs> um, I will probably be profitable for a while, right? Because of the way we build. But I see, I think it's a, it's an extremely profitable business. Uh, I think it's someone you can grow infinitely. I think the space for payments in Africa, in particular, is is, is a really neat space to be in. I think what ultimately is the lever for you, uh, because you're not you're not aggregating the margins. So what is the growth lever for you? The growth lever for us is transactions. But you're not facilitating those transactions. We are, because end of the day... No, no, you are not the one driving the transactions. We don't drive the transactions. So, but, so what, is the, what is it that you do that can move the needle? We build, we build great APIs and, yeah, yeah, and but talk then, to more developers okay, is it who getting, are hungry. Or getting more simple, or getting more people, uh, payment platform to join you, payment processing well, company that, That's one you. end of it. But I'll tell you, the other end of it is also um, building new products for banks. So the banks can use your infrastructure to process payments. Exactly. And they are like, you treat them like one of the payment processing companies. Something so the like more that. banks you sign up, yeah, the more, then the more transactions you get. Yeah. That's the way it works. So, so that is the, the growth lever. No, but even, even, even on, the, on the other side, I mean, all the new payment products that have been built in the last six months have all started out with Flutterwave. Oh. You can point to a single one that I can tell you is a customer. I saying, what do you mean payment products? Like piggy bank. Flutterwave, right? Yeah. Bit, uh, even BitPesa has a Flutterwave, right? BitPesa has a Flutterwave yeah. as well. Um, but they were using something like before Flutterwave. They were, they were. Because um, they were before Flutterwave. Yeah, but they use Flutterwave now, right? <laughs> um, um, there's a reason why. <laughs> uh, I mean, Amplify pays on Flutterwave. Kudi AI. Um, Kudi AI is on Flutterwave, right? 
um, Tribe Sands on Flutterwave, right? PME is on Flutterwave. So all Baby of Capture is on Flutterwave, right? Mm. Sterling Banks on Flutterwave, Axis Banks on Flutterwave. Like, I mean, everybody who's leading in this space is on Flutterwave. Okay. So there's a clear difference, and we don't have to make noise about it. The play is business yeah, development. Yeah, the, the play is business development. The play is leverage leverage the bank's sales force and these young companies who are very hungry, innovation and sales force to sell the product. So you go to them and say, hey, you need to be for this. Makes it simple, blah, blah. Yeah. So walk me through a bit of how you convince me, a bank, to join or, or a payment processing company to join. Flow. I think for, for us, we just show you a bunch of our products. So you just say, look, here's a bunch of interesting things that were built on Flutterwave and... Would you like to have this kind of flexibility with your payment process? As against what I use at the moment. As against what you use at the moment. And, and what and I use at the moment. The people who what? use what it is, um, you know, they will tell you what the pain points are. Interesting. They don't need us to do that. <laughs> yeah, I understand. But I just want to understand what they what what, what they are using at the moment that you're trying to. So I think get them so off. a lot of them probably use like an e transact or you know So you're competing with it. We don't compete. We don't compete. it's very important because what ultimately what happens is that we might actually leverage what the bank has to to deliver that product to them, right? But what we're able to do well is to make that product work well for people. Um, you know, like we say payments is for people. So, And what you find is a lot of the products that are on the market right now are built for developers or built for people who are very tech savvy. Mm-hmm. And they're not built for, you know, grandma who just, you know, needs to be able to send 50K to her son in the university and has his bank account number. You know, you got to fiddle with your internet banking and all that stuff, right? So That's good. We, we're not built for your, your sister who sells Asherabi on Instagram and just needs a link to pay. She doesn't want to go get a website. She doesn't have time for that. Just need a link. Just needs a link. And you pay her and her with a card. Most people know how to use a card online now. I don't think there's very few people who don't. You know, they know what a CVV is. Market has done all that education with e-commerce. But uh, but you still don't have, you know, people using payments because it's that. very difficult. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, I've got this last question. I just yeah, yeah. No, about the time for yeah. people to listen to this. Yeah. This, is one of the, this is one of our first um, podcasts. And yeah. Like I told you, initially, the goal is to have this com- conversation that you and I have all and I felt a lot of people would benefit <laughs> from it and B to also go behind the story and yeah. some of the things that people read or whatever and just get Absolutely. some of this stuff now out there and also to get people to learn so how do you see the ecosystem your view of the ecosystem develop and where do you think the biggest value that we can create in the ecosystem lies so I think I think um, to be quite frank um, it's we're definitely uh, making some progress, you know, from when we started. And like I said, you know, my roadmap is people, platforms, policy, power. And we're still kind of on the ground zero of people, right? So, you know, now everyone's awake, aware. All the parents are rushing their kids to coding classes. I have like 10 parents ask me, oh, can I take my kids to coding classes? So we're getting there. We're getting there. All the smartest kids <coughs> wants to, want to uh, work in software. Um, and, and that's an important watershed for us. So that's great. Um, I think we're still not there in terms of platforms. I think, um, you know, there are not enough people who are focused on providing platforms to help. Things are improving for sure. Um, but we need to keep building 
we need to keep building uh, more more and more things. So I'd say you know ecosystem state of the ecosystem is 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 not great, but it's 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 working. So last question for you is um, what next? What next? We're building Flutterwave. We're building Flutterwave. So building Flutterwave, scaling it to some ma- crazy amount of countries next year. Okay. What yeah, next, I'll what see next it. in Flutterwave? You're in Kenya at the moment? We're in Kenya, we're in Ghana, we're in Nigeria. People can get you on Twitter. At I-A-B-O-Y-E-J-I. Cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's, 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 it's nice. Such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. It's, it's nice talking yeah. to you. Thank Bye. You. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Building the Future podcast by Dalton. These are the interviews with entrepreneurs that are playing a key part in shaping the African future. And you'll be able to hear all their stories. For more, sign up for the weekly newsletter at thestarter.com. Our revolution will be televised. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. Before you go, I have a favor to ask you. And it will take 30 seconds of your time or less. It will mean a lot to me. If you like this podcast, you can easily let me know by going into iTunes, Teacher, SoundCloud, or wherever you download podcasts and subscribe. You can also go to our website, thestarter.com. That is T-H-E-S-T-A-R-T-A dot com and sign up for our newsletter. It will be a huge favor to me and it's really simple and easy. If you subscribe now, it will help us a lot. Thanks. Thanks.